I used to be like so up and so down and so up and so down. And I think it had everything to do with me drinking and then being hungover and then feeling like myself again and then repeating that cycle. I went from wine and tequila to mocktails and espresso. My name is Mari Demers, and each week I'll be talking about what it's like to live alcohol-free. You are listening to Sober Like a Boss, where I'll be having authentic conversations about living substance-free in a culture obsessed with alcohol. On today's episode, we have a special guest. Her name is Tori Felder, and she is the founder and creator of the Retired Party Girl platform. So welcome, Tori. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I know. I'm so excited you're on. Your account was one of the first accounts that I actually saw when I decided to get sober on Instagram. So I'm like, oh my God, she's kind of famous, basically. (laughs) Hardly. (laughs) No, it's cool. Tell us a little about who you are, where you're from, how old are you, and when did your sober journey begin? Sure. So I grew up in a little town outside of Seattle, so about 45 minutes south of Seattle called Covington. And that is important to note because Covington is that like typical small town where there's a lot of drug use, there's not a lot to do. And so a lot of the people I grew up with drank as a pastime, myself included. Um, And even though we're only 45 minutes away from the city, it just kind of felt like that middle of nowhere town and no one really made the trek up to the city. So it was very much like small farm town, uh, kids with not a lot to do. And so there's a ton of heroin use, although I didn't get into that and a lot of um, drinking. So I am 27 now. I just turned 27 in January and I currently live in a town like 20 minutes outside of the city called Renton. And my sober journey began well before I actually got sober. So Mm -hmm. I had tried like stints of being sober before. So I started therapy in 2015. At that time, I think I was, let's see, let's do the math. I was like 20. So I've been in therapy now for six and a half, seven years. And pretty early on, my therapist was like, you should probably stop drinking. (laughs) And, (laughs) and I was like, uh, no way, girl, you're crazy. I am in my early 20s. This is what we do. This is normalized. Um, Even though I was blacking out, my life would sometimes be in shambles. When I woke up in the morning, I would overdraw my debit card account. I would wake up next to strangers. I would go home with random people. Um, I would get in fights with my friends that would cause all of this like mayhem and like chaos in my life. But I was in my early 20s. So that seemed really normal. So fast forward a little bit, my therapist finally talked me into taking 30 days off of drinking. This was a few years ago. And I did it. I loved it. I was like, this is amazing. This is for me. I feel incredible. And also, I feel like people don't talk about this. But like when you're sober and other people around you are getting drunk, you kind of feel like you're better than them. (laughs) Like You're like, (laughs) yeah, you're like, like, I'm not gonna be hungover tomorrow. So I was like, this is amazing. It really stroked my ego and uh, ended up going like 70 something days. So I did the first 30 days. And I was like, you know what, I went to her office. And I was like, I want to do another 30. 
And I did, and then eventually slipped back into it. And I think a large part of that was because I didn't have any social support. My friends weren't like telling me to drink or anything, and they were supportive, but they also weren't in the same space as I was where I wanted to stop drinking. So ended up drinking again. And then fast forward to December of 2019. So the day before the new year turned into 2020, which we had no idea what kind of year 2020 was going to end up being, yeah. I decided to stop drinking. So I, I would say like my last straw, this isn't even like the worst thing that ever happened to me, but my last straw, I was visiting my boyfriend at the time, his family in New Jersey for New Year's. And we were all drinking one night and I went a little too far. And in the morning, my boyfriend at the time was like, hey, you really embarrassed me last night. And I felt so bad about that. And I felt so embarrassed having to go downstairs and look at his family after I'd made a fool of myself. And I stopped drinking that day. And I've been living an alcohol-free lifestyle ever since. Wow. Yeah, that's, oh my God, that's the whole spiel. That's, you did such a good job, like, hitting on the key notes of what happened. (laughs) Thanks. I feel like I've told this story a lot. I know. That's how I feel. And I'm, like, kind of have it in the back of my head. I'm like, okay, point. Yes. Hit all these points. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, congratulations, first of all. Thank you so much. I loved what you said. I relate in a lot of ways because I've been in therapy since I was like, I want to say honestly, like 13. Oh, wow. And I'm 22. But yeah, but not like the same one. Like I would go to a therapist for reasons that didn't have to do with alcohol. Got it. And then kind of have been in and out. And I've been seeing a woman here for about a year. But it's funny because you said your therapist was like, you should probably stop drinking because I remember I was in college and I told my therapist, like, I literally was like, I think I have a problem. Right. And he was like, I don't think you do. Mm. (laughs) And I went through different therapists. Everybody kind of had a different take on it. So that's when I was like, you know what? I could sit here and listen to everybody else's opinion all day. But ultimately, it's like what I think and how I feel. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing, too, is like when you come in there as such a young person, I think it's confusing even for people who are trained in alcohol and substance abuse, which I think you are, right? With your social work degree. Yeah. Like even knowing everything we know, even learning everything we've learned, it's still really hard to look at someone in their early 20s and be like, oh yeah, you have a problem. It almost feels like too early to tell, even though I don't believe in that. Yeah. No, I completely agree because addiction it can manifest itself. I mean, I have somebody in my family who is an alcoholic. Mm. She doesn't drink anymore. Like, she's been in recovery. But she told me, like, her drinking didn't become a problem until she was 50. Wow. Like, so that just puts into perspective. It really can manifest in your life whenever it wants to. And I think right. a lot of it has to do with the environment you're in. I think if I never went to a college that was such a big party school, I wouldn't have developed the drinking habits that I did develop as early as I did. Right. Yeah, I agree. So my mom is also an alcoholic. She's a recovering alcoholic. And her sister didn't get sober or didn't start having a drinking problem. She's not sober. 
didn't start having a drinking problem until her mid thirties. Whereas my mom kind of always had the issue with alcoholism from like an early age. So you're so right that it can just like take shape at different times in your life and different ways. And yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. It's scary to think about, but then I think like, okay, you're 27 and I'm 22. I'll be 23 in a month. I'm thankful that I did realize it as early as I did. Yes. And I think that's a big reason why it was like, I was thinking, I'm, I know if I continue to drink, I'm just going to do something ridiculous to fuck up my life. Right. Or something that you can't take back. Like I look at you being 22, I think about like all the bullshit that happened between 22 and then 26 when I got sober or no, it must've been 25. I don't know. Whatever. I think about those years, like, and how much stupid stuff had happened, how much money I wasted, how much time I wasted, how many dangerous situations I put myself in. And I'm like, man, if I could go back and quit at 22, this is what I always tell people when they're younger or just got out of college. And they're like, "Ugh, like I'm the youngest person I know. And I'm sober. That's sober. And I'm like, listen, you're just skipping out on a bunch of stupid stuff that you just don't need to deal with. So consider yourself lucky. Right. Like consider yourself saved. Yeah. Saved really, truly. So I know you talked about this before. What are your main reasons for deciding to cut alcohol out of your life? Yeah. So, um, the big one is alcoholism has been in my family for generations and generations. So my grandmother, I guess not necessarily alcoholism, but addiction. So my grandmother Mm -hmm. on my mother's side, um, died of a heroin overdose when my mom was 24 years old. And then my grandfather on my father's side died of kidney and liver failure due to alcoholism. He was, uh, in the service. So he was drinking a lot of whiskey. So then my mom is also an addict. And my brother last February overdosed on fentanyl and was in a coma for 11 days. Um, And we almost lost him. Thank goodness we didn't. And he lost his eyesight and basically had to learn to talk and walk again. And so one of the first things he said when he woke up out of his coma was, I took so many chances. He said that to me and I knew exactly what he meant by that. Like I took too many chances with my life, you know, living hard and drinking and doing drugs and mixing these things. And so for me, I'm like, those are not the kind of chances I want to take. I want to take chances on like going on a road trip and not knowing what, where we're going to end up or skydiving or the type of chances I want to take are like, have nothing to do with putting my body or my mind, uh, in like a numbing or dangerous place. Right. That gave me chills when you said that, honestly, because, yeah, I mean, I was thinking yesterday, like, you know, when you're sober for a while and things are just kind of in a routine, you forget, like, wow, I was living, like, Mm. I was dying. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That is so true. That's so true. And it just puts things into perspective because it is, addiction is so scary. And it really does affect not only like you, obviously, but everybody around you, yes. your loved ones. Absolutely. So now that you are living an alcohol-free lifestyle, what do you do for recovery? Um, so I feel like maybe you'll be able to relate to this. When you take alcohol out of your life, you have like all of this extra time. And so yeah. you're like, what the heck do I even like to do? And I'm still in the process. So 
I stopped drinking a year and three months ago and I'm still in the process of working with my therapist, figuring out like, what do I actually like to do? So that has been ongoing. So like when I first stopped drinking, I got into watercolor painting, which was fun, but I also stopped doing that. Or um, yoga has been pretty consistent throughout. So that's something that I've picked up and kind of stuck to. But um, I also took like a crochet class. Like there's all this like weird things I did. And we make fun of this in the sober community. We're like, we're salsa dancing and we're like journaling and we're, we're writers all of a sudden. And it just opens up like your whole world you're like oh my gosh there's so much I haven't tried there's so much I want to try there's so much I might like doing so right now I would say yoga has been consistent I've always loved to write so I journal a ton and -hmm. then the RPG community has really been my saving grace it's been the place where I can go and say like hey I really do want to drink right now or hey I slipped up and I did drink and I feel shitty about it or hey, I'm feeling like that flaw feeling that you were talking about where you've been sober a while and you're like, why did I even do this in the first place? Like, ugh, I want to go out. Was I really that bad? So having RPG has been like probably the biggest thing that I've done for my recovery. Even though I created it, it's still my sober community. It's like my version of AA. So you would say that's like your main source of support oh my gosh yes 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 a hundred times yes I think like you said earlier when trying to stop drinking like it's really hard to do without any sort of support oh yeah yeah it is so so hard to do alone because you kind of feel isolated and then add like all of the marketing schemes that big alcohol puts out there it's like you go on Instagram and it's like wine o'clock or it's five o'clock somewhere or like mommy juice. And you're like, am I the only fucking person in the world right now? Who's like not drinking. And it's really nice to know that you're not. It can feel really lonely and isolating. So it is super nice to know. Um, there are people out there who are young and sober. And that's honestly why I wanted to have you on here because RPG was the first big account that I followed on Instagram when I got sober. I was like, wow, okay, a normal looking girl. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because I always feel really guilty when I say like the word normal. And I don't mean that like you and I work with, you're in social work. Mm -hmm. I'm in a social work capacity. So it's like we work with people with all different life backgrounds. Like, so like you and I know like all different life experiences and we work with these people and we respect them. I get what you're saying. And I think what we're meaning is like people who are like us, yeah, Yeah. people who we can relate to. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Or like someone that you could see yourself getting lunch with or like having or going shopping with or going, you know, all it's not someone where like your life experiences are so drastically different where you can't relate. Exactly. And I totally worded that wrong. No, I say that all the time. I use the normal word all the time. And then afterwards, I'm like, damn it. Why did I say normal? I need to stop using that yeah. word. I do that all Not the time. Not normal. Yeah. But relatable. Relatable. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So since we're on the topic, tell me, tell everybody that's listening, what exactly is RPG? Oh my gosh. So when you asked me this earlier, when we weren't recording, and I like went on a whole rant. I'm not going to do that. So that's okay. it's basically a membership community where we have different aspects of um, healing, recovery, and sober-based events. So 
we have i'm trying to do this in like the most condensed way and it's just messing me up all right so so we have virtual meetings for now and that's how it's been mostly because of covid but we're just now starting with people being vaccinated and things starting to open up we're starting to do more in-person events so we are seattle based um but with plans of expanding to more uh places in the country in the u.s and then who knows maybe outside the u.s one day for in-person sober events uh so we've had like a halloween party we're having a brunch next month and things like that but for the most part we've been having virtual meetings we have our rp gay meeting for our lgbtqia plus folks who want to come and gain community in the lgbtqia plus community but who are also sober we have our super sober soul sundays where every sunday we come together and we make goals for our week and we have a mantra that we take into our week um and we check in about our weeks like what went wrong what went well how can we do better how can we support you do you need advice or do you need a listening ear things like that and then we have Mm -hmm. once a month yoga with one of our RPGs, her name is Yessi. She's wonderful. So she hosts yoga and meditation on the first Saturday of every month. We've had paint and sips. We've had Zumba. We've had book clubs. Uh, we've had Holly Whitaker, who's the author of Quit Like a Woman on. We've had... Oh, my God. I love that. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah, she came on to yeah. RPG, and it was, like, such a fangirl moment. Mm-hmm. I, like, had a heart attack. What? Yeah. So she came on and did a talk on RPG. We've had Seltzer Squad, Pod, um, Jess come on and answer questions for RPG members. We've had, um, well, we've had Millie Gooch from Sober Girl Society come on and answer some questions. Uh, and then we have a discussion board where at any time, 24 seven, any of our members can pop on and ask for advice, um, ask for someone to listen, they can vent, they can ask questions about really anything. And then everyone in the community can read that and respond to it. So it's basically just this like bigger than I can explain in a few minutes, a community for sober self-identifying women to come together to support each other and to love each other and to enjoy our life together through different things. Well, first of all, that is just the coolest thing ever. Thank you. Honestly, (laughs) it really is because I think being 22, a young woman and I also have some friends who are young and sober we're like where the hell do we look for like friends people well, yeah where are the friends yeah. where are the sober friends oh I know oh. I felt the same way I was like I am gonna need some new friends and I'm really awkward like socially not the best no you're not I am awkward I swear. And so I needed a way to make friends. And so I basically just like forced all these people to be my friend through RPG. And it's, it's worked <laughs> out well. You know, I won't lie, like the self-improvement stuff, like it's old. Like sometimes you're mm-hmm. like, I don't want to journal and I don't want to do yoga. Yeah. Like, so this is actually funny. I went, um, one of the girls in the sober community, uh, her handle is life or no, not life outside the bar. Oh, the sober bartender. And her and her husband opened up a hookah bar with like alcohol free options in Seattle. And I went there the other night after I ate clams and then I smoked a ton of hookah and it felt just like cool to smoke hookah. And if anyone listening doesn't know what hookah is, it's just like flavored tobacco, like doesn't get you high or anything. And I got so (laughs) sick, like so sick. I felt hungover for two days and I was like, honestly, this is why I can't do like anything cool or fun. Like I can't smoke anything. I can't drink anything. It's because like my body just doesn't allow it. So I should just probably stick to yoga 
and journaling because that's yeah. the only time I feel okay. Like, geez. No, I, I've tried hookah before and I remember I like didn't realize how much nicotine was in yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Nicotine's in it. And so I had a horrible headache and I actually had a panic attack <gasps> and I had to leave and throw up. It was. So oh bad. no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's great. So this place is great. Like it's amazing to be able to go to like a social outing and have like alcohol free options. And usually I love hookah. So I'm not downing that at all. It's just, Mm -hmm. if you don't normally smoke cigarettes, you should probably just, like, take it slow. Because it's, like, a lot, like you were saying. What is your biggest piece of advice you would give to somebody who is sober curious? Curious. (laughs) curious or trying to cut alcohol out of their life. Okay. Um, So, I would say, this is my advice always because it's how I started. So, I would say start with 30 days. If you can commit to 30 days which you can and if you can get a counting app which uh you can download there's one that i use called i am sober and i have it oh do you like it mm-hmm. yeah i like that it has the um the daily thing that you wrote in the, in the, the beginning like the daily why you stop why? drinking yeah or like why you're doing yeah this. exactly and you can put a picture of yourself on there um anyway so I would say start with 30 days because you can do 30 days and then just log how you're feeling like how is your sleep how is your mood how's your diet how's your relationships like do you feel more centered do you feel more um steady like in your moods that's something I noticed too like I used to be so I still kind of am but way less like so up and so down and so up and so down and I think it had everything to do with me drinking and then being hung over and then feeling like myself again and then repeating that cycle um Mm -hmm. so yeah start with 30 days get a counting app and find a sober Instagram I think without sober Instagram I don't know where the heck I would be like there's so many wonderful accounts where they post encouraging mantras encouraging quotes they have free meetings you can join um they post all of this really cool information about what alcohol actually does to your system when you're drinking it um a lot of the times if you dm them they'll respond to you so if you're like hey i'm struggling with this do you have any advice these people will respond to you um So yeah, I would say the three things, start with 30 days, download a counting app and get into sober Instagram. If you need help finding accounts, you can look the hashtag. So look up like sober babe, sober girls, sober community, sober Seattle. But if you're like in Chicago or something, look up sober Chicago. That way you can find people actually in your area too. Right. That's really good advice. I think one like you said, people will respond, especially sober people. Yeah, yeah, they're not drunk they'll remember right exactly and just to add to that I think so I tried to do um I tried to do time on my own but I was also in an environment where like partying was just going on constantly so I kept failing so I think some form of support like maybe having somebody to talk to about it like you have a therapist I have a therapist. I think that really helps. 100%. You're really considering. Yes. Now I want to talk about dating. This is like, I have been so excited to talk about this because it is just a whole nother world once you stop drinking and start dating sober. Oh my God. It's a mess. It's just a mess. Yeah. (laughs) 
unfortunately. <laughs> I have a question. How has dating changed since you stopped drinking and what's different? Okay, everything is different. So, <laughs> okay, if you think about dating in your 20s, and this is not for everyone. I'm just saying most of the women I know, it's like, do you want to go out and grab a drink? Do you want to go to happy hour? Should we grab some drinks? That's like easy no pressure and then you get to drink and kind of like l- like kind of lubricate the situation or whatever i hate that i just used the word lubricate but you but you get <laughs> no i know yeah like mean. make it easier whatever so when i stopped drinking i was like what the fuck am i going to do with someone if we don't go out and get drinks and i have to be like myself the whole way through i have no alcohol to make myself more outgoing or to like make the situation less awkward so it just it changed everything but it made my standards go way way up i i feel uh-huh. like and maybe you can relate to this too mari like do you feel like your bullshit meter goes off more Oh my yeah. god. Like red yes. flags. Like it's so much easier to realize red flags. It's so much easier to realize like okay, that is not mm-hmm. what I want and just to be like yes, bye. Exactly. Which is like a blessing but also a curse because you're like is anyone going to meet my new standards? Like so. Oh my gosh, I just uh broke up with someone and I was telling my therapist about it Thursday night at our session and she was like, "Did you do I was like, yeah, I broke up with him. And she kind of looks at me and she goes, Tori, did you do it over text? And I was like, no, I called him. Standards have definitely changed. For me, since I stopped drinking and started dating, like you said, it's scary and you don't have that crush. First of all, when I was drinking, I like didn't even go on dates really. I just got trashed all the time and like honestly would wake up and be like, "Um, yeah. And like, did you know how many times I woke up and looked at the person and was like, did we have sex? Because I didn't know. Like, I did yeah. not know. And I'd be like, I don't know what we did. Like, it, it's like, and then I look back and I'm like, okay, I had this cycle with guys. I would just like drink mm-hmm. a lot and then go out wherever searching for something and then just get so drunk and then do things I regretted. Yep. And I definitely don't miss that. What are some things you don't miss about drinking and dating? That. <laughs> um I don't miss the okay so my pattern was like yours and that I would go out on a date but really I was just having an excuse to get super fucked up and then I would like kind of end up dating people like even after I was sober so I was like okay and then not really knowing them because we partied so much together so like we'd sleep together and then all of a sudden we're like hanging out and then all of a sudden I'm dating them and I'm like wait I don't even like you so then there would come a point where like it would all calm down and I'd be sober enough to be like oh I want to break up with you and we've been dating now for three weeks so I don't miss that I think when you're sober you can only be around what you actually want to be around because it's all you can tolerate yeah. yeah, I don't miss accidentally dating people. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, I love what you said. Really, getting sober has changed how I view my past relationships. Mm, okay. Pop back and I'm like, so much of relationships consisted of drinking yes. together. Exactly. And, and when yeah. you're not drinking together, you have to get creative yeah. about what you do. And then also you have to actually have chemistry. 
or something in common that you guys like to talk about or do. And I think that's been really hard. Honestly, it's been a struggle to find someone that I actually want to be around more than myself. (laughs) Exactly. It's like you have to find somebody who. Yes, exactly. And that's really hard at our age. And it's especially hard because uh, a lot of people are drinking. Do you only date sober people? Oh, yes. Okay. So how do you find them? So, okay. Um, well, listen, I haven't. (laughs) So at first, when I first started dating, I used Hinge. What did did you say on your Hinge? Like, were you like, I am only looking for a sober person? I just said, I don't drink. And honestly, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I would kind of casually be like, yeah, I don't really drink. And then go on a date and realize, oh, wait, they drink or like drinking is a big part of their lifestyle and then I just like ghost. okay not ghost but I'd yeah. be like not gonna work um, this is right for me yeah okay what about you I'm getting to the point where I think I might need to date a sober person <laughs> yeah, yeah so I will tell you about my first sober date okay so I had a date with this guy who I had hooked up with previously but really drunk so I thought I liked him I was like cool like I mm-hmm. like this guy <laughs> and then I um have a date planned with him and we go there's a beach in seattle called alki we go to alki he gets absolutely wasted not kind of drunk wasted and like he's having margaritas he's having shots it it, it goes into shots he's having shots of alcohol does he know that you're sober yes okay so i'm And the thing is, is before I stopped drinking, when I actually met this guy and had hooked up with him in the past, I was also doing that. So it was like Mm -hmm. night and day to see before versus after I stopped drinking. And then, so he's like wasted. And for some reason, I don't have it in me because it's so early in my sobriety and I'm still getting my footing to be like, I'm going to leave. So I don't leave. I am with this drunk man for hours. Hours. And I'm like putting up with it. And then he's like, for he makes up something about how his roommate's family is in town. And so he can't go back to his house, but he's willing to get a motel. And he wants me to come to a motel with him. (laughs) And still at this point, I'm sober. (laughs) Still at this point, I'm like, oh, well, uh, maybe. Um, I still don't. Like you yeah, and I'm still not able to say no, which I think I tell the story because I think it's so important for especially for women to realize like going into sobriety and sober dating, like you are allowed to say no at any time, any time in the mm-hmm. date. And also you're allowed to leave at any time, whether it's awkward, whether they're mad at you, whether they're talking shit to you, like you are allowed to leave. I sat there in that uncomfortable situation for so much longer than I needed to. Anyway, he has to get a motel anyway because apparently his roommate's family's in town and they're worried about COVID. And so I drop him off and he's like, come inside, come inside. And I'm like, no, no, no. Oh God. And then he's like slobbery kissing me, which I allow because I still am not <laughs> feeling strong enough to say no. And anyway, he finally goes inside and I went home and I was like, whoa, like that was crazy. (laughs) Like one, it was crazy that I didn't feel comfortable enough to say no. And two, it was crazy that there are people out there who will know that you're sober, but because alcohol is such a big part of their lives, 
will still think it's okay to get absolutely wasted in front of you. Oh my gosh. I don't know what I would have done if I was in your, uh, that is, it was wild. What was, what's your crazy, do you have any crazy date stories? Okay. So I have, Oh God. (laughs) Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. Basically when I was drinking, drinking, I never really like would go out on dates. Like I kind of just partied and whoever I felt like hanging out with drunk, I would. Now I moved to the beach in July. So I was like, okay, I'm sober. Like, I'm going to get hinged. So I got hinged and I've never had Tinder before. I've never had any of that. And I was like, I'm going to really try and go on some dates. The first date I went on, I met this guy for coffee by the beach. And I had a full-blown panic attack on my way to to the date. And I was, I had to call my mom because I was just like, oh my God, I am so afraid. I just have such bad anxiety. The awkwardness, like the idea of that to me was just, oh my God, I did not want to deal with it. And this was my first date sober, like first guy. So for me in my head, I was like, this is a big deal for me. I think I told him, I told him I didn't drink, but I wasn't like very upfront about it. I think I kind of was like, yeah, I don't Mm -hmm. really drink, (laughs) but didn't explain. Um, (laughs) So we get there, you know, post panic, panic attack. And he's super nice. He buys my coffee. He's really cute, too. And then we just ended up talking for, like, a couple of hours. And it was fine. Yeah, I had a moment of feeling anxious or whatever, but it passed. And then we hung out again. And he drank in front of me. Like, Like, a lot? And I... No. Okay, so this makes me sound kind of like an asshole compared to your story. Because your date got, like, blasted. This guy... He only had okay. a beer. Okay, but if, but if that's not your Which, thing and you don't like that, then that's your boundary, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's like different for everybody. And I didn't really know my boundaries since I'd never done it before. So that was my sign of like, oh, wait, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable. Right. No. And I told my friends about it and they were just like, why did he have to have that one? You know, like, and he asked too, which was nice. He was like, do you mind if I have a beer I'm like no no because of course I don't want to be that person who's like yeah oh yeah I mind I don't know so that was just kind of and things like we only hung out twice and he was really nice and it just was kind of there to show me like okay I I don't think I can date people who drink and then I've actually been on like three or four other dates kind of like we said earlier I just either they drank like not in front of me but just in general kind of or they just weren't really doing it for me and like we talked about the red flags I just immediately notice things in people and I'm like oh, oh yeah no, I was running. on a date this like a few days ago and the guy goes yeah I'm not gonna lie I'm a drinker and I was like <laughs> I was like you're a drinker he's like yeah I'm a drinker and I was like oh, okay wow thanks you like put it out there for me all right got it yeah like yeah like I appreciate it actually book. you saved me a lot of time here dude when do you think the right time is to tell the person you're dating? The beginning. That you're sober? Yeah. Yeah. The, yes, the very beginning. Because I tried to do that same thing. Like the, ha ha, I'm sober. Uh, kind of? What? No. Don't <laughs> ask me about it. You know? Like, like, don't look yeah. at me. Don't talk to me about it. Like, I'll say it in passing. But it just doesn't work out because you want someone that's aligned with that. And you're just saving yourself time if you just get it out there. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think at first it feels a little bit awkward to be like, oh, by the way, I don't drink. And I might sound like a crazy bitch. I don't care. 
because I literally tell guys who are like, oh, you want to go on a date or you want to do this? I'm literally just like, I don't. Drink. Yeah, um, no, that's how it should so be. So if, if you, yeah, like if you drink, that's totally great and fine, but I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't waste well, good time. for you. Like that's having a boundary. And I think so often women too, if we feel like, we feel like if we have a boundary, we're being a bitch. It's like, no, that's not, that's not bitchy. That's yeah. just you like setting a boundary. Right. Like, Hey, I don't do this. And if you do, then we're not going to work out. That's so true. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel a little better. Yeah. I, I feel like guys kind of get, or just people in general might be a little bit taken back by like, Oh, I don't drink. Right. Blah, 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 and then all know? these assumptions it, come true. up too. Like, why doesn't she drink? And did she have a problem? And you know, the whole, some people identify as alcoholic, some people don't. So it's like, was she an alcoholic? It's like all mm-hmm. these assumptions are brought up too that we have to constantly fight against when we're young and sober. Exactly. And it's like the whole labeling thing. It's hard. And I know in the beginning of sobriety, I was like, I did not want to identify as an alcoholic. But for me personally, it helps me. So I do. But I also understand that right. other people might yeah. not do that. I think it's like just a spectrum and different people fall in different places. So last thing about dating, has your type changed since you quit Unfortunately, drinking? no, and that might be the problem. So my type <laughs> needs to change, uh, and I'm working on it. I, oh my gosh, if you would have told me, like, when I first stopped drinking, like, oh, like, you're going to be sober a year, living alcohol for a year, and, you know, all, all this is going to happen, I'd be like, oh, well, I'm going to be cured, but it takes so long for these new patterns and like your new way of thinking to really set in and so I'm still just finding my footing like I am still finding out what I actually like to do I'm still finding out the people I want to date I'm still figuring out if I even want to date right now or if I want to just focus on myself so yes it's definitely changed has yours yeah it has and also I think that with addiction it's really easy to find different things to fill voids that we were Mm -hmm. once filling with alcohol and for me in the beginning I was like I want a boyfriend and now it's taking time to be like whoa 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 take some steps back what's really going on you know And like you said, it's a whole process of really getting to know yourself all over again. I used to be really kind of obsessed with like, where is my person? And like, why can't I find him? And now I'm like, you know, I need to focus on myself. Once it's meant to happen, it will. But if it's not happening right now, like totally. And there, um, I don't know, have you ever read The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober by Catherine Gray? It's a great book. It's a wonderful book. And she also writes a book called The Unexpected Joy of Being Single. And that book, because I also had that same obsession. And I think it's really common among women who Mm -hmm. um, have substance use issues. Um, Maybe because we're just kind of looking for an escape. But The Unexpected Joy changed the way I looked at being single. Like I'm not constantly needing to look for someone like I am whole on my own and there's pros and cons to both being in a relationship and pros and cons to being single. Like it's just where you are. So I like highly, highly recommend the sober book and her single book because they're both so, so good. It's hard to be alone sometimes, especially when you're sober. But like another thing is with dating, I realized that I find a better group of guys because yeah. I don't drink. Like my my therapist once said to me, she was like, when you think about people who drink or smoke or do whatever, and it's 
it's fine that they do that, but like that shows how they are dealing with their emotions and dealing right. with their problems. And how they take care of themselves. Like and you then, want someone that doesn't give a shit about themselves. Like Exactly. So once you open that door to like start dating people who maybe don't drink, they don't value that. Um it just shows that they can take care of themselves and like you're inviting more level headed. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's life. so true. Um, it all takes so much time. I'm like <laughs> such a instant gratification person where I'm like, oh like I want it all to happen right now. I know. I'm the same exact <laughs> way. Thank you so much for coming on today. Follow her. At so it's retired at the girl. retired party girl on Instagram. And then the website is just retiredpartygirl.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To keep up with what's happening on my podcast, follow Sober Like a Boss on Instagram while I'll keep you updated with sober content and inspiration.